In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Today we celebrate Transfiguration Sunday. It is a Sunday marked by the power of Christ as God being changed into God's likeness before the very eyes of his disciples. And I believe there's a call, a call in this picture of Christ glowing like Moses in the presence of God, but unlike Moses, he wasn't reflecting God, he was God. And that it is only in God's power that we are truly transformed, transfigured. No amount of self-help can do that for us. But God's love can. So I believe we're called to listen to love. These are words from a colleague from Seattle that I found most moving. She told a story. She said there once was this wise communication professor who had her students engaged in an observation exercise. Can you hear me back there, Byron? Right. She handed out a picture. Imagine this in your mind's eye, all right? I'm going to challenge you to use your imagination today. But she handed them a picture of an elderly man sitting on some front steps. There was a young woman who stood to his right. And there, looking down toward him, was this young woman. And there, in front of them both, stood a child facing them both. Now the professors asked the students to tell her what they thought was happening in the picture. The child and the woman are caring for the old man, one person suggested. Another said the child is listening to a story while the mother watches on lovingly. Another guessed, maybe they're just passing time waiting for someone to come out of the building. All sorts of stories came up until the professor finally pointed out what was really going on. The elderly man and the young woman are listening to the child who is telling them something. All the signs are there if you look closely. The way the young woman is fondly looking down toward not just the old man, but specifically to the child. The old man is watching the child intently. And then notice the child's hands. They're spread out away from the body, and the body is leaning toward the two adults, like the child is emphasizing something, and there's this big smile on their faces. professor concluded, 
Communication is happening at all times. We just have to pay attention to the signs. We must be watchful and alert, almost like Sherlock Holmes, who can just read the very details of people, noticing things that in normal life we would gloss over. Well, I think that the Christian life is similar as we cultivate the kingdom of God and usher it in in this place. We are both communicating our faith in our actions, showing where our treasure is, and also watching for where is God on the move, waiting for the master to return, for he will come again, we say each week, we claim he will come again. And he is still breaking in in this day and age in fresh and new ways. We must ask ourselves whether or not we are being intentional about either type of listening. Like the professor in the story said, we are communicating at all the time. The question is, what are we saying as a Christian people? Whether or not we think anybody is listening, God is listening. God hears us. And the most important measure of all is what he hears from us. The prophet Isaiah conveys God's message to Judah and Jerusalem, calling them to repentance over and over. God has been watching the messages that the Israelites have been sending through their patterns of living. They're giving lip service through their prayers. Sacrifices are given, but they're not really sacrificial. Festivals are held but they have little meaning because there's no heart in them. God sees a people who are glossing over the work of the soul. The effects have clearly been detrimental to the society. They commit acts of evil. They do not seek after justice. The most marginalized in Israelite society are orphans and widows, and they are abandoned. How little have we learned? In our modern society, we can hear God crying out through the oppressed, through the orphans whose parents have been killed by the evil of gun violence, through the refugee widows, of wars in foreign lands, through sacred places that have been violated by another's judgment. The signs are all there and God is calling out to us. Look, watch, be ready to do your part. The question is, are you willing? Are you ready? Are you prepared to be obedient? The question is, do we have the depth of faith that the Franciscan blessing charges us to do? 
that blessing we've read over and over towards the end of our service the past number of years, that we dare to be foolish enough to think that we can make a difference in this world, bolstered by our love of Jesus Christ. The questions are difficult to be sure, and the answers will take courage and the power of the Holy Spirit. There's a bumper sticker that says, Jesus is coming, look busy. It's funny for sure, and it also points to the heresy of believing that as long as we're being nice people, doing nice things, then we are good Christians, and more accurately, nice Christians. To be a follower of Jesus to be a disciple requires so much more. A transformed life means that you can never go back to simply being nice, darn it. It implies that the church has a deeper quest than just being, than humanitarian groups and clubs. Those are good things and we should be a part of them that is not why the Christian church exists. William Temple, Archbishop of Canterbury during World War II, is quoted as saying, the church is the only cooperative society in the world that exists for the benefit of its non-members. Of its non-members. Think about that. We're the only group that exists to benefit non-members, the people who are not us. According to our catechism found on page 862 in the Book of Common Prayer, our assurance as Christians is that nothing, not even death, shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This assurance gives us the faith to share the promise with those who are outside our walls, those who are the reason we exist. Our baptismal covenant on pages 304 and 305 in the Book of Common Prayer reinforce this as it asks us to persevere in resisting evil, repent and return to the Lord, Proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ. Seek and serve Christ in all persons. And especially strive for justice and peace among all people, respecting the dignity of every human being. No doubt this is a tall order. But we don't have to strive alone. We have God, we have the Holy Spirit to empower us, and we have each other. Critical that we have each other together, we do these things. We may wonder how can we join God's work outside our church walls when we feel that what we're already doing takes so much out of us. Perhaps looking outside is overwhelming we don't know where to begin. Most of all, it's sometimes difficult to find or interpret the messages that we're receiving. In his book, 
seek God everywhere. The Indian Jesuit priest and psychotherapist Anthony DeMello suggests this. In all actions, in all conversations, Ignatia of Loyola, the founder of the Society of Jesus, felt the presence of God and contemplated the presence of God. He enjoyed that mysterious gift of seeing God. So we are entitled to be called contemplatives in action. If in all things and in all actions we feel the presence of God and contemplate the presence of God, it's a mindset. We can see that this is not the same as doing the will of God in everything. To find God, to see God in all things, or to be a contemplative in action means much more than doing God's will in everything. To feel and contemplate his presence is the experience of devotion, peace, quiet, consolation. So how in the world do we attain the grace of finding God in all things? In all the documents that I've read, there is a key word, solely, only, entirely. That is the key word, doing it only for God. All that we do, doing it only for God, to live unto him. When we become quiet, when we become still, we're finally able to listen to God. Earlier, I was asking those who, as they came in, to share with me, what are you hearing from God these days? What is he prompting in you? We don't do enough of listening together to one another to how God is speaking in our lives. And I hope that we'll do more of that because as we do, then we have confirmation of you're hearing that too. That's something for us to pay attention to. Or you're hearing that, how can I support you and help you to be obedient to that? That is why we come together to encourage one another. That as we are finally able to listen to God, only then can we act. We hear the crunch of the master's sandal on the road and begin to light the lamps. In Paul Shower's children book, The Listening Walk, a young girl enjoys taking walks with her father and their old dog, Major. He doesn't walk very fast. On a listening walk, I do not talk, she says. Rather, I listen to all the sounds. I hear the many sounds when I do not talk. At the end, she tells us, you do not even have to walk to hear sounds. There are sounds everywhere all the time. All you have to do is keep still and listen. Listen to all the sounds about us.
all we have to do is to be still and listen to God, to listen to love. God will take care of the rest. Amen.